Okay, this is the Steep Ravine Podcast. Steep Ravine! (laughs) With Dave Frank and Matt Wilkinson, where we have deep thoughts about running. Well, hey, uh, so speaking of uh, deep thoughts, do you have any uh, deep thoughts about running right now? Oh, indeed. Indeed, I do, Matt. Well, let's, uh, you know, let's I guess, I guess it, you know, the thing is, you know, uh, I, I've been so lucky over the years to be, to be in the sport, right? I mean, I, I, you know, I, I got to run in college and I ran, I got to run for the Aggies after college and, and then I started coaching and, uh, and so I, I, I keep getting to be involved in different ways. And, uh, and so not, not too many days go by that I don't have some kind of running activity, that I am either you know directly involved in, or watching on TV, or reading the results, or you know, or talking to an old buddy that you know that we ran together in college or whatever. So, so yesterday, as you well know, and I'm sure almost everybody, the thousands of listeners that are going to hear this, know yeah. that yesterday was the Olympic Trials Marathon yeah. in Orlando, Florida, for both the American men and women, and right. uh, it was a it was a really cool event. Um, you know, I went to the, I went and watched the trials in 2020 in Atlanta and that was awesome. And I, I couldn't go to this one, but, uh, I, I got to watch it. Uh, there's a, there's a group called Portland track here that puts on the Portland track festival and a bunch of other things. And they hosted a little watch party, um, at a place called Kells, uh, and in Northwest Portland. So there was a big crowd there watching the, uh, watching the marathon. It was really Fantastic. cool to be with a bunch of people that love love the sport and i'm sure you were you were drinking coffee and eggs and bacon and uh well there was some eggs and bacon a lot of people were drinking coffee um i had a i had a i started with a guinness oh, right there okay at 7 a.m you know um, breakfast felt, of champions felt, yeah it's it's really is a breakfast beer with guinness is so yeah. that was good well so so uh so this race both men's and women's trials they're happening at the same time on the same course with the women starting 10 minutes after the men, right? And and they just run in circles around Orlando until they, well, they reach 26.2 miles. Is that they, how it goes? They did. I think they did a, a – they had a short little start loop, 2.2 miles. Yep. And then, then it was three eight-mile loops. And so I think the, the women, you know, started they, they 10 minutes after. And so they came, they gave, they came into the 2.2-mile loop as the men were going out on the eight-mile loop. Uh, um so, um, so, and eventually, you know, men did catch women, uh, but it took a long time and it wasn't some big, you know, cluster of, of you know, people not knowing which way to go and who's on right. what lap and all that. It's pretty, pretty easy. I mean, uh, so they so, did the so, same very similar thing in, in Atlanta and it seemed to work very well. So Dave, can, can it, for, for our listeners who aren't really do too deep into running, can anybody just jump into this race or what are the, how do you get into the race? Oh, no, Matt. Uh, as you well know, uh, yeah. So Olympic trials has qualifying standards and typically it, it, it's not always exactly the same. The time that you have to run might not be the same and the window to qualify. But, uh, for this particular race, you had, you had a two year window. Men had to run under two hours and 18 minutes to get in. Women had to run under two thirty seven. but women could also run a half marathon under one twelve to qualify. Men had to go under 103 for half marathon. By the way, all those times are are difficult. That you know, I think there were 214, 214 men qualified and 107, 
I want to say 175 women, but I might be not quite on for that one. Yeah. So now, so okay, just for I can't remember, Dave. I know you you ran a a really good steeplechase in college, um, low eights, as I recall. Uh, what was? But did you you you've run a marathon, right? How fast was your marathon? Yeah. Yeah, I ran. Uh, I ran my debut marathon in 1991. I ran 218.36. So I would not have qualified for this Olympic trials. But in 1992, the qualifying time was 220. So I made it. Now, so and made it. okay, not not. I don't want to, you know, not to toot my own horn thing, but that 218 in the shoes I was wearing would be about 210 today in these shoes. I, you know, just saying. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so <laughs> okay. the hunt. maybe not 210 but it'll be better than 218 let me just say that so so uh, okay all right so 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 the women had to run 237 men had to run 218 to get in now yeah there's I, I i did a little research i found out the olympics uh in paris they allow 80 entrants per gender so the women's race will have 80 entrants the men's race will have 80 entrants and that cap kind of makes for a complicated qualification process. So each country well, has to unlock spots to be able to join. You can get a maximum of three people per three racers per gender and you have, those slots have to be unlocked. So how do you unlock Dave? Well, this is the, this is the first time that they've used this particular, um, Method, I'm already right? confused. And so and well, and so you know, in in track and uh, track and field, for example, the um, you know a, an athlete runs a time which qualifies them for the Olympics or the World Championships. Here, a, 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 if an American athlete runs a qualifying time, for example, the men it was two hundred eight ten, for the women it's two twenty six fifty. If if your country has one man that runs under two hundred eight ten. You automatically unlock one spot. If you get all, if you get three men that break two hundred eight ten, not just on this day, didn't have to be done at the Olympic trials. Um, just had to be in the qualifying window. Right. Then you get three spots. And going into this race, there were plenty of women that had run two twenty six fifty or better. So the Americans had already unlocked three spots. So even if a woman were to qualify here and not have the time or didn't have it before this race. They can still go because America unlocked that spot. Somebody else already did it for them. Um, <coughs> here, though, the women ran so fast that it didn't matter. But uh, right. on the men's side, we already had two athletes under the 208.10. And what will happen is uh, on May 5th, the qualifying window closes. So there, there, if there are not 80, 80 men under 208.10 worldwide that qualify, then they will continue to take other athletes based on a point system that uh, the athletes accumulate by running major marathons over the last couple of years. Mm. So even if you don't have the time, you can still get in as long as uh, granted that you have run on the men's side under two eleven thirty. So you have to have that kind of time and get the points uh, right. to make it. So, so it, it looks, it's, I, I think America does have, I should have looked this up. I know we have at least one man in that top 80. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be that athlete that goes. That just unlocks the spot for our third finisher. 
Um, so we're hoping. We're hoping. Right. So only two slots have been unlocked for the men. One to go. So, okay. I got to ask you a question, Dave. Before <laughs> we dive, before we go any further, have you thought about why we're even doing this? Why did we decide it would be a good idea to do a podcast? And I'll tell you, I got that question from my wife, who you know. <laughs> uh, She's she awesome. Said, Thank you. Um, you know, uh, you hey, you you were at our wedding th over thirty right. years ago, and I thought I just you, told I, I told this story last night. <laughs> well, so uh, your date to my wedding was Steve Shadler. Did you that, know that? That's, you that's very possible. Yeah, he's a good-looking right. fella. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Chris says, "Why are you guys doing this? Is just so you can hear your own voice?" And it's, Hun, I don't, I don't really know, but it gives me a chance to talk to Dave. Uh, maybe we'll do this once a week, and that's all yeah. upside. So, well, you know, in, in all in, in all honesty, um, you and I, we don't we don't talk all the time, but when we do, we seem to have some conversations that you and I both find to be enjoyable. Yeah, and knowing knowing a, a bunch of your running friends and a, a bunch of my running friends. I think at least a few of them will say, oh, that wasn't so bad. I can listen to that again. Um, and so if a few people like it, cool. And if not, you know, you know, no harm. No harm. So, There's no downside. Yeah. There yeah. might be yeah. seven people who might want to hear it. Oh, well, John Barrett's going to listen. Oh, yeah. Another Olympic trials qualifier. Uh, That's right. In fact, I have the bottle. He, he made beer. For all of us, all the Aggies that qualified, um, and it, it says Mr. Olympia on it. I have that bottle in my windowsill right here. I'm looking at it. <laughs> well, let's so let's so going into this race, let's talk about some of the guys that are kind of noteworthy. We'll talk about the men first, and then we'll jump over to the women, and then we'll we'll recap what happened. So, well, ooh, boy, there, there, you know, there were on on both the men's and women's side. I think it was certainly one of the deepest fields that uh, that, that in, in the last 20 or 30 years that has been fielded at the Olympic trials. And there, there were certainly some favorites, but I think if you read, you know, lots of people like to write about the Sidious magazine, let's run, et cetera, et cetera. And most of them figured there were maybe 15, 20, 25 people that legitimately could make it if they had a great day. And, Are and you so saying on I, both the men's and the women's side, or just? Well, the I think maybe maybe the, maybe the women was only fifteen, but yeah. there were you know there were a lot of women, and there were some really great you know sort of in, uh, interesting uh, additions to the women's field that maybe you didn't expect to make it, but they but you couldn't count them out, kind of thing, right? Um, and so you know, but but there were there certainly there were some favorites, right? One of the very big disappointments is that Molly Seidel, uh, who won the 2020 trials, uh, pulled out two or three days before the race with a knee injury, which is re was really a bummer because yeah. I mean, she looked so good in 2020 in both the trials and, you know, in 21 at the games, right? And she yeah, was bronze, uh, was bronze medal at the games. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was a disappointment. But e even without her, the field was really, really good. Emily yeah. Sisson, Who's a you know, American record holder yep. at two eighteen? 
By the way, she ran. She ran one of the great, one of the most enjoyable from a from like sort of a, a coaching and uh, just in sort of appreciation uh, standpoint. At the twenty twenty one Olympic trials in the in the ten k. Yep. Um, remember, we got pushed back a year. We were there uh, it was a, field. It was a very hot day, and they moved the women's ten k to the morning, but it was still hot, and she got in the front. You know, not immediately, but you know, within the first mile, mile and a half, and she just started. She just, just ever so slightly ramped it down, lap after lap. She ran seventy six seven. She ran seventy six four. She ran seventy six one, seventy five nine, seventy five three, and just kept doing this lap by lap by lap by lap. And people just, you know, just kept falling off, falling off, and pretty soon she was all alone, running seventy ones and seventy two to close the race, and. uh just like just brilliant yeah and uh i i just i loved watching that race you know and and uh just the way she did it was so cool so uh so she was clearly probably the biggest favorite uh kira d'amato uh is from 219 at houston uh, a year ago um betsy sana 221 um uh a woman that a lot of people hadn't really heard of dakota lindworm uh is from 224 in chicago so not you know not a nobody, but she was certainly not a household name. Yeah, Sarah Hall, yeah. forty years old, and just keeps Never running. Never made an Olympic fast. team, yeah. But yeah. had been so good at so many different distances over the years. Um, and then you know there's a, a, a local for you know for you so well a Davis gal, now the Fiona Keith yeah, Stanford. She had only run a half marathon to qualify, but there was there were so many other ones too. There was you know Molly Huddle was in the field. Molly Huddle, you know, one of the greatest American female distance runners in history. And she hadn't run a very good race recently, but how, how do you count out somebody like Molly Huddle? Um, and then Jenny Simpson was in the race. And, you know, again, Jenny had not run a marathon, but, you know, certainly there were a lot of people that were hoping or wondering if Jenny had what it took to, you know, to run in that group, right? Mm -hmm. But there were, there were a number of women more more than that. I mean, that's that's a bunch, but there were a ton. There was Carolyn Rotich that, that ran, you know, was very good. I don't have her mark in front of me, but, I mean, just so many, so many really good uh, women in that race. Well, so so uh, let's keep talking about the women. So what so what ended up happening, Dave? We had they, went, they ran a pretty honest pace. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't spectacular, but it was it was honest. I think they were on two twenty four pace for a long time, um, and uh, there was a group of uh, there were maybe fourteen women in that front group for a yep. long, long, long time. Not including uh, somebody like uh, 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 Des Linden, who w went out well back, um, and then Sarah Vaughn, who had had you know is you know a a veteran runner. She was not in that front group. But there were about 14 women in that front group uh, until, uh, and I can't remember now. I got to go back and look. Uh, but um, Fiona O'Keefe went to the front, and here was a woman who had not completed a full marathon. Is there who, her debut marathon? And certainly was a, a a decorated high school and college runner. So she um, went to Davis High. Yeah, and uh, our, our, our friend, for our friend Bill Gregg. Bill Gregg, still coaching uh, head coach. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Uh, cross country coach at Davis, and um, yeah, I remember Fiona 
when I was coaching here in Napa, we had took a team down to the state meet and Bill was down there with his powerhouse Davis runners and Fiona, mm -hmm. you know, they did great. It, so it was yes. no surprise to me to see Fiona go on to have, you know, uh, the college career that she had. And, and here she is running, uh, uh, at the front of the pack in her first marathon that happened to be in the Olympic trials. So it was, it was really yeah. kind of fun to and see. She's, I think she's, I, I know she's part of the, um, uh, training group. She's running for Puma in a training group in Raleigh, North Carolina, coached by Alistair Craig. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, there's that big crew, and uh, and Fiona goes, the, you know, goes off the front. Um, and I, again, I got to go back and look, but it was early. It wasn't. It wasn't 22 miles. Fiona went off the front at 12 or 13 miles, and and you know, um, it seemed like a couple women tried to go with her, but they really didn't. And then pretty soon she's got a big lead. And, uh, and now, uh, Emily Sisson is in second and there is a group of three or four women battling for third, including right. Sarah Hall, including Betsy Sena, uh, uh, Dakota Lindworm, um, all just battling Caroline, Caroline Rotich. Um, and they're sort of back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, you, when you you watch and you just kept as a as a first time marathoner, when I when I'm watching that, I'm I'm wondering if Fiona O'Keefe went too soon. I certainly was hoping she would hang on, but as they kept showing the splits, she was you know she was running faster. Dave, that, um, that's and, the thing that surprised me the most. I mean, it was not surprise. I guess it was just guts. I was thinking the exact same thing. She's never run the full distance. And she was just going for broke. You know, and, she, you know, and most veteran marathoners would say, hey, if you feel that good, go go ahead at five miles to go. But with 10 miles to go and you've never run, you know, never run that far, uh, it seemed, you know, it seemed risky. But clearly, I, I think, you know, one of the great things in our sport is that athletes a lot of times know their capabilities. Right. You know what your training's been like. She certainly, you know, you, you got to believe she did some long, long threshold runs, um, you know, and, and felt good about her chances. There's no way you go to the front just hoping. Right. Well, um, so, yeah, I, but I still think you're taking a roll of the dice. I mean, I, I, I do, too. But I yeah. but I love that, you know, that athletes, you know, there's a you know, I used to go to this coat, this uh, cross country camp and um, out in Philadelphia area and a guy named Mike Glavin who's a coach at St. Joseph University, he said, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes you got to listen to the voice, right? You got a plan and you're going to do the plan. You're going to do the plan. You're going to do the plan. And sometimes in a race, something in your head goes, go now. And, you know, sometimes it blows up on you and sometimes it yields spectacular results. Well, and so I, you know, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. And, um, and sometimes that voice can, can mislead you. But, I, I agree. So, so let, 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 so let's just to wrap up Fiona phenomenal race and, you know, local hero here from uh, just up the road from me at Davis. Uh, my good friend, Bill Gregg is her coach in high school. Just a great story. Everybody in Davis is, is fired up for her. Emily Sisson finished second, just 30 seconds back from Fiona. Uh, and no surprise there. She ran great. And then the third place, spot uh was neck and neck and it was you know everybody's you know pull, i was pulling for sarah hall because she's you know 
40 years old, sure. never been to the Olympics. I really wanted her to make a team. Uh, in the end, it was Dakota well, Lynn Worm, well, and she well, was. What happened? Sorry. What happened there? Sorry. What happened was that so the three three women, Dakota Lindworm, Sarah Hall, and Betsy Sena, were running together. Uh, you know, with three, four, three, four miles to go. Yeah. And it looks like absolutely for sure it's been one of those three. And the next time they come back from a commercial break or a you know whatever cutting way to the men or whatever they did, all of a sudden there's another woman who is has just rolled past that group of three, and it's Carol, Caroline Rotich. Right. And she is she is rolling. She is flying. And then pretty soon Betsy Sena closes down on her. And then the next thing they show is a replay of Betsy Sena walking off the course. Right. She right. She's running right with Rotich, and then she walks off the course. Wh- where was that, Dave? Test. Was that was past I, twenty miles? I, I, 20, 22, 23. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, and and so lies down in the grass yeah. and and then it looks like at Rotich at that looked like just full of run. Like it just she stormed past that group so easily. And then you look up and now Lindworm has got a bead on uh, on Rotich and she, she reels her in, they run together for a little bit, and now they're about two miles to go, a mile and a half, and Lindworm is just just ever so slowly putting a little bit of ground on Rotich, just a tiny bit at a time. Just and you know, if if you've run at any level, you know the feeling of when you're in front of somebody and you're and you're pulling away. Like you can hear their footsteps get a little softer because they're falling back, right? And you can just see Lindworm just focusing, just like every step. Like how can I make this a little bit harder for her? And uh, and she eventually ran away. And, uh, you know, uh, Rotich faded over the last mile. Uh, but another another woman who had not been mentioned almost at all throughout the race, Jessica McLean, got within 15 seconds of Lindworm by the end, oh, and she hadn't been she hadn't been mentioned the whole time. But I missed but Lindworm, yeah. Lindworm gets third, and you look at it, and, and as we said at the beginning, she ran 224 in Chicago, so she was not an unknown entity. But but I I looked, I saw a thing that listed her high school PRs. She was a 235 800 meter runner. She ran something like 527. Maybe not that fast in the third sixteen hundred. I'm still going to call it the mile, but you know. Yeah, yeah. And she bent, she just barely broke twelve minutes. Holy Toledo! So not two miles. Not someone. She was a twenty-two a twenty-two minute five k runner. Yeah, so she didn't have to peak in high school. So no how, how 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 beautiful is that? Like That's that awesome. that kind of stuff just makes you feel good. She's uh, I don't know. She runs for the Minnesota Distance Elite. Uh, Puma had a good day. Fiona runs for Puma, and Dakota runs for Puma. Yeah. So, uh, pretty cool. Um, yeah, very and, cool. And, and awesome. they all have, they all made, the, you know, they all either had or made the standard. We, Farrakh had already unlocked those three the spots for the women. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. so they're all going. Yeah. Uh, no, no question. Which is, uh, which is great. You know, it was it was cool to watch, and you know, one of the one of the joys of watching that thing, if you're on, on watching on TV, is the joy they have for each other and, you know, and not just the ones that made it right. When Jessica McClain came in, she was all smiles, right. Even though she was fourth, yeah. she was, she was happy beyond belief, you know, uh, that's at least that's how it seemed on TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Hey Dave, let's, so, uh, let's jump over to the men. Let's talk about the, who was in that race and, uh, what would the, what the outcome was now, you know, everybody knew going in, there were two guys who were heavily favored to make the team. 
because they had just run an outstanding race at Chicago. That was Connor Mance mm. and Clayton Young. And they both trained together under Ed Eyestone. They both came out of BYU. They, they run every single run pretty much together. Um, and so, you know, their aspiration uh, was, hey, let's make the team together. So they, they were in. Um, who else? Uh, boy, again, so, so many, so many athletes that I think felt like they had a chance to make it. Um, you know, one, one of the, for sure, a, uh, a sentimental, uh, pick was, uh, Abdi Abdirahman, uh, former yeah. university of Arizona runner, five time Olympian. He's 47 years old. <laughs> you know, he, made, he made the team in 2020 uh, in Atlanta, sort of surprisingly. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it was hard to find a lot of results for him recently, but I, I follow him on social media, and I know he'd been training in Kenya for months, and so you never knew. Obviously, he's one of those guys you just never know uh, what what he might pull off. By the way, he just came out with a book, uh, okay. so look for that you're in the stores. I, I can't remember what it's called. Um, uh, C.J. Albertson, who has been ridiculously cons- consistent, 210, 211, does all kinds of amazing stuff. He's got you know, he, he broke the world record for a marathon on a treadmill. He's got got the world record at fifty k. He's uh, he's just kind of an phenomenal. unconventional trainer as well. Trained on a treadmill with heat lamps to try to get ready for the heat and humidity in in Orlando. Never well, and, 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 and he's he's pretty dang good. He's he's from Fresno originally. I don't know where he currently lives, but he's got some heat in Fresno if he wants it. So um, anyway, yeah. uh, Scott Fobble. University of Portland grad and who's been one of the most consistent American marathoners over the last six, eight, 10 years, uh, who has not made a team, uh, but he's, he's very, very good. He, Leonard career, who was fourth in the, the 2020 trials who had run a really great race there and almost caught Jacob Riley for that third spot. He's, a uh, runs for the U S army team and, uh, I ran collegially at Iona, uh, Zach Panning, and I, I saw a lot of, um, you know, prognosticators who who didn't actually pick Zach Payne to make it, but gave him an, an, an honest chance of making it. Um, and well, he so, was 209 and change at Chicago, but in 22, yeah. not in 23. Yeah. So. Um, Andrew Colley ran a very good half marathon last month. But, but that, you know, there, there were just, there were so many guys that that you know i think people thought could have made it and uh oh, by the way we didn't we did not mention the two-time defending champion uh <laughs> Gale Rupp, uh who people you know he's been hurt off and on for uh, a few years and has not not looked like the galen rup of uh, you know six seven years ago but hard to count out a guy that has that much experience has two olympic medals and 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 also got an A in my algebra class. So yeah, you have year. a little history with Galen Rupp. Freshman year of uh, 2000, 2001, he was an A student in my honors algebra class. So um, it's hard to count that guy out. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I don't necessarily talk to him as much as I used to, but I had heard through the grapevine that his training had gone pretty well. So, uh, but the race went out. They they ran a very uh, reasonable. Uh, first four miles at about five minute pace. Uh, large, large, large group of athletes running, you know, five minute pace uh, through four miles. And then Zach Tanning went to the front. And he, in, in, typically in a marathon, 
you will see a large group of athletes running together spread across the, the road. You know, if there are 10 or 15, they'll be in a big pack. And when Zach Panning got to the front, he started running 448 to 450 a mile. And very quickly, it got to be single file, almost like it was a 10K on the track. So did you, did you find that unusual to, take, to make such a move so early in a race like this? Well, I, I, I did not see any interviews with Zach Panning afterwards because I'm curious as to whether he felt like he had to run the time to make it or he had to make it fast to, to have a chance. I don't, I don't know what his, what his thought process was, but it, it, you know, it seemed like a, a big chance, but boy, he looked, he looked awesome for a long time. He did a long um, time. And he, uh, he was on the front. Not uh, uh, the TV coverage I saw. Not one time between four miles and twenty-two miles did anybody pass him. So yeah. for eighteen miles straight, where he was running, <coughs> excuse me, running uh, you know four fifty a mile, give or take. Because at, at one point, at at maybe twenty-one miles, they were now on two hundred seven thirty-five yeah. pace or yeah. something like that. Yeah, like like fast, um, and so. He got on the front and he just kept it going. And gradually, you know, the, the group was, you know, 25, 30 guys when he went to the front at four miles. And pretty soon it was down to 20 guys. Then it was 15 guys. Then it was 11 guys. And, you know, I was, you know, for me, you know, I'm, I'm watching Galen to see how he looks. And he's running in fifth or sixth place, looks okay. And they go to commercial. And when they come back, he's off the back. Yep. And now they're down to about six or seven guys, including Andrew Colley. Including Leonard Career, um, Tibet. Um, uh, CJ was not in that group. Um, he was moving up, I think. Um, but Clayton and Con were in there, of course. Excuse me. Um, and but Panning just kept going and kept going and kept going. And pretty soon they dropped Tibet and Career and everybody else. And Scott, uh, Fobble, uh, Fobble. Fobble was never, never yeah. up. I mean, yeah. I don't know what I, I, I must something either, either his training has not been good or he's been hurt or he was sick or something, but there's no way he wouldn't have been in that front group right away if he was healthy and ready to go. Right. Exactly. Um, he ended up so, with Brian. Yeah. Um, but, but at some point, and I'd, I'd have to go back and look, I think it was run around 20 miles. I'm guessing, um, it was just the three of them. Yeah. Uh, Connor, it was, it was, um, it was panning followed by Mance, followed by Young, still single file. And uh, around 22 miles, Mance went around, <coughs> excuse me, panning. And uh, and one of, one of the things I, I loved is that, you know, at that point, I think a lot of us were rooting for Zach Payne to make it. Yep. Right? And when he went to the, when he, when he was on the front for five or six or seven or eight miles early on, I, I doubted that he would. But by this time, I really, really, really was cheering for him to make it. And they and, had a pretty uh, good lead on the rest of the pack. Too. They absolutely did. But when, when Mance went by, he said something and he motioned to Panning to, you know, to tuck in. Right. You, know, yep. you didn't get him behind and follow me. Yep. And I, 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 I really appreciate that as a, you know, as a former athlete, as a coach, that you, you recognize this guy did a lot of work uh, that made the race what it was. And if you can help him make it, you're going to do it. And I yeah. thought I yeah. felt like Clayton and Connor both, you know, did what they could to help Zach Panning. And uh, but uh, not soon after, it became obvious that it was a little much for Zach. 
Um, and he was he was definitely struggling. Uh, Connor and Clayton basically ran away from from him, and nobody else got close. Clayton, who's you know doesn't is not considered the the better uh, of the two, looked far better than Connor did in the last few miles. Um, Especially looked, the last couple hundred. Uh, he he looked like he was super like, fresh with, with no problem for him. Yeah. And and I but I never got the feeling at any time that either one of them was going to run away from the other one that they would right. even try to. No, that they were content no. to run together and soak exactly. it in together. Um, Clayton was running around getting high fives, you know, in the last straightaway, um, you know, and then it, it seemed, it did seem odd to me that Connor, uh, won, whether they must, I'm sure they discussed it, what that was going to happen. I don't think that he sprinted past Clayton and won. I think that Clayton, you know, they, they must've agreed on how it was going to finish. Um, but, uh, but they look great and, and, you know, super happy for them. I, I got and, the impression uh, that neither one really cared. Which one of them, so long as they both moved on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, By the way, those and, are the two it, guys who opened up the slots uh, yes. for the U.S. So Yes, in uh, Chicago. And as you mentioned earlier, their coach is at Eyestone, who's, you know, was a, you know, one of the few, I think, really, really great athletes of his time who, who turned into a really great coach as well. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's just not that common. For a guy, I mean, as good as that Eyestone was an Olympian himself mm. to become a, you know, the world-class coach that he is. I mean, he's a great college coach. He's clearly a great pro coach, um, you know, and, and one of the all-time really nice guys in the world. Um, so, so great, great for all of them. Uh, yeah, I just think it's a great yeah. story for those guys. It just. Yeah. Um, and behind them, uh, panning was, you know, slowly falling off. And, uh, and then it looked like, uh, 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 Tibet was going to get him, and Tibet did pass him. Yep. And it was, you know, at a very, you know, a smart move. Like, you know, Panning was on the far right side of the road. Tibet went all the way to the left side of the road to pass him. Uh, so, so if Panning had anything left, he was going to have to really work to get to his to get to right. his wheel. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and so uh, it was a smart move, and then it looked like looked like Tibet was going to going to make it. And uh, when they came around, the, the long camera shot. There's, you know, uh, you can see, um, you know, Manson um, and Young finishing, and then Quebec comes around the corner, and you know, and then you see Career into the shot, and I say to the guys next to me, Career's going to get him, and they go, <laughs> no, no, it's the, it's the angle of the camera, and I go, well, no, I saw the camera, and I saw Quebec turn the corner, and I saw how long it was before Career turned the corner, and I'm telling you, I think he's going to get him. And not now. I did. I had picked career to make the team, so it was a little bit. Of, it wasn't really me, you know, prophesizing. It was more like, oh, I hope he gets him. I picked him. Um, right. <laughs> and then, and then, and then he did. And so, you know, to me, it's the idea that, or you know, you just you don't know what's going to happen in a marathon. No, you. Uh, so, but so it, you know, two career mid pace. You know, he career ends up third. Um, you know, he, he, he was fourth by three seconds uh, in the last trial. So to mm -hmm. see this guy make the team and basically made the team on, with about the same uh, lead over, over fourth place. I don't know where. Oh, where yeah, five seconds this time. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. Albertson got up, got up for fifth. And he was only yeah. 10 seconds behind. He was rolling, you know, the last part. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, I, 
I think with you know with panning, I you know I we can all sit here and say he should have done this, should have done this. I, I'm I'm not an expert. I'm not you know I don't coach that guy. And yeah. you know it could be the same thing. We talked about Fiona. His training told him he could run four fifties. Yep. Right. And uh, me, I'm, I'm just you know maybe that's what it was. And 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 I, I can say that the, he didn't make the team, but I can say in the in the distance running world. He he gained a ton of fans yesterday. Oh, totally. Like there there are a ton of people out there like, dude, that that guy is gonna that you know he's their new favorite, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and and people, you know, you go, go back to Prefontaine, right? You know, uh, all of my generation, your you know our generation, we love Prefontaine because he went out and made things happen. He didn't just sit back and wait and hope that it went his way. He he made races happen. He made guys hurt, and you know, Panning made a ton of everybody hurt in that race and it was just a little too much for himself, but, but, you know, he sure made it exciting. Yeah. And you know, and if you, if you've run at any level, you know, that you, you feel better about yourself when you've laid it on the line. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that dude, absolutely. He totally made that effort. So, uh, yeah. a joy to watch, you know, it's, it's hard to watch him struggle that last bit. Yeah, I but, know. Yeah. Um, but I just kept thinking, you know, how long can he just keep this up? How long can he keep going like this? And he just kept doing it, clicking them off. Boom, 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 yeah. boom. Yeah. Just just spectacular. You know, so lots well, of fun. And uh, Galen didn't have a good day. And uh, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to hearing what, you know, from, from him or uh, other people that know uh, if it was just a tough day or uh, whatever. But, I, you know, I had this conversation with my son who's, you know, grew up around Galen and uh, – you know, you just you just get. You know, I think so, he said in one interview, you just tell like he didn't have it, and um, you know the, the the thing that I told myself was that you know for the last twenty some years, that kid kid that that runner uh, has had it on the most yep. important days. Yeah, like I I just have not. It's just been so rare on the on the most important races that he doesn't have it, and so it was you know. I, I it's it's cool to have been a part of it and watch it all these years, but even even so, yesterday was uh, was disappointing. It was hard to watch, yeah. you know, because you just get so used to him coming through when he when he's supposed to. Um, and so, uh, but you know, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, been a pretty pretty decent career for that dude. So, uh, we'll definitely. See. I, yeah. yeah. Well, Dave, um, pretty good recap. You know, we may have one or two listeners. Doesn't matter. <laughs> great catching up with you, and um, we'll see if we do it again. Uh, do it again next week. Yeah, 